waiting for that to come out. Welcome to Sports, Clicks, and Politics with your hosts, Ben Husson and me, Sean Hannon. Welcome to episode 69 of Sports, Clicks, and Politics. I am Sean Hannon, joined as always by the enigmatic Ben Husong. Thank you for joining us. Ah, pleasure to be here as always. I'm going to have to come up with new adjectives every day to describe you. That'll be fun. I like it. Enigmatic's a good one. Yeah. I don't think it's accurate, but I like yeah, it. Yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, how was your weekend? My weekend was very good. The stumper question of the week? The stumper. I, I thought about it on the way here today. I said, he's going to ask me, what did I do this weekend? Uh, it was good. I, we got some stuff done around the house, got some stuff cleaned up. There was no sports this weekend because of the holiday. It was weird. No, like uh, family sports, you mean? Yeah, like nothing gotcha. to coach. Nothing gotcha. that I had gotcha. to coach or anything else. So we got, we got a bunch of stuff done on Saturday. Got it, And then Sunday, um, went. we did an employee appreciation event for right. our employees at Charlie's Ice Cream. We went and played laser tag. Cool. Um, had some pizza and stuff like that. And then we let our kids run around a little bit and have some fun. And then had some friends over for the big game on Sunday yeah. night. Some good food. Made up yeah. a Reuben dip. Mm, yeah. Fantastic. No. I had uh, Reuben, like, egg rolls before. Those are also fantastic. Nice. Yeah. Well, uh, our friends and us have this, like, thing now. They're Bills fans as well. And we, like, we alternate almost every other week going back and forth to each other's houses to watch the games. And sure. everything is some type of Reuben-related snack. I don't know how this it started last year. And we just kept rolling with it. So we did, like, regular Reuben sandwiches. We've done Reuben pizza. We've done Reuben dip. Um, there was something else too, like Reuben nachos. I, I've we, seen I've seen Reuben bites before too. So okay, you could probably whip up uh, maybe fried Reuben at the fair next year. I I mean that might be the thing. I don't know. I also over the weekend. This is so random, and I apologize to all our viewers that you have to listen to this. I bought a pineapple corer. Okay, like, so you like I don't understand decor, right? Yeah. It is the greatest kitchen utensil ever. I mean, does it do something other than core? No, pineapples? but it's the most perfect coring of a pine. I've tried to like slice pineapple before, and I was like, "Man, how do they do that?" It's the easiest, most effective kitchen utensil I've ever owned. It's fantastic. I just want to go buy more pineapples. Well, now. maybe they'll sponsor the show someday. <laughs> Dull. Dull. Yes. Get more. I'm gonna go eat more pineapple just because I love how perfect the slices come out when you do that. It's incredible. Sorry. Well, that sounds exciting, and I'm glad you enlightened us on pineapple corn. My, I, I, I worked this weekend. One. It was fun. Uh, we did a we had a couple music events at the uh, the place of uh, employment, and nice. uh, they were fun. Yeah. Uh, then we had a uh, wedding yesterday, so I didn't get to watch too much football. I got to watch like the first half of the uh, one o'clock games, okay. and then uh, had to watch everything else via digital uh, means, phone, and whatnot. So, but uh, it was a Seemingly, uh, I have a, a pretty solid uh, power five when we get to there after watching this weekend there. I think kind of the, the top tiers kind of moved ahead of everybody else, I feel like, a little bit. Okay. So, um, I think the top and the bottom are solidifying themselves. Okay. Well, they kind of always do. I know. Let's let's talk about week five there. But before we do, everybody, uh, this is the obligatory, uh, please like and share this video. Tell all your friends and family uh, how great we are. We are how, pretty great. Yeah. And uh, how we, we're still undefeated. I don't know. We haven't played anybody yet. So For right? what? Uh, it doesn't matter. Okay. I'm in. It's still factually correct. It's factually correct. It is. Enigmatic and undefeated. 
Um, and be sure to subscribe to the uh, channel on the YouTube there and uh, hit that notification bell and you will be subscribed when we get new content. And all people listening to the uh, audio version of this uh, on your uh, favorite podcast platform, please be sure to rate and review us, uh, especially if you want to give one of those five-star reviews. So before we talk about your bills, yeah, any other takeaways from week five? I mean, anything initially, because the Bills-Chiefs games was kind of like a, I don't know, obviously a Sunday night game, but it was a, a much-anticipated uh, uh, rekindling of uh, last year's what, ASC championship game. Yes. So any other takeaways other than before we get to the Bills? Um, Yeah, I, I think the NFL secretly hates England because they keep sending them the worst games imaginable to play over there. Yeah, I'd like to, I, I, I'd be interested to know what the... The process is like, are there certain teams that just said, hell no, like, don't even bother asking us. Right. We're just going to say no. So like that now you have a limited pool anyway. Yeah. And do they, I mean, is there any, any, anything coming from England that makes them bring the certain things? Like, do they have a team like, you know, there was, I, I think there was early on the Jaguars kept playing over there. Right. So they kept making mm-hmm. a reference that like was going to be like, this is going to be the England. They were going to move to London at, at one right. point. Um, so there's not, I haven't heard that in a while. So right. is there is there anything are there is there a fan base in England that said, "Hey, we want the Cowboys or the Steelers or the Packers or whatever no. it is." Like is there is there anything over there that would drive certain teams to uh want to play over there? I know no. probably nobody wants to play over there. Uh, no, there's no way anybody wants. It's a cool experience for your players or anything else, but if you're I guess if you're in the playoff hunt, if you're like one of the better teams in the league, that's such an interruption to your normal routine that it's it's not worth it. If you're the Jets or the Falcons and your season was basically over after week three, why not? Go enjoy the experience. I mean, I'm looking back. I know this one obviously was, but I bet there's probably mostly East Coast teams going. Probably, right? I would think that makes sense. I mean, there's enough of them, but I mean, I, I bet that probably limits some of the, uh, yeah. the participation there. So, um, Other than that, I think that the... Jaguars are even worse than I thought they were. The Raiders, I think, are very were overrated, and I was wrong on that one. I thought they were much better than they're than they're showing. Over They've the, lost two games since I put them in the top five last week. It's not great. I mean, obviously they they were undefeated when they they played Monday night. Yeah, that was now, a bad. That was a yeah. bad week for them. And I do, I don't think they're a bad team, but I think I was a little too high on them. Uh, I think the Broncos are. I might have been a little under appreciative of of they actually are fairly good uh, they're not going to be you know they're not gonna be top tier but they're a good team they lost and to your Steelers somehow I, well my Steelers well I mean they beat Come the on. Bills so stop isn't that how it works no that's not yeah. how it works I don't become a fan at that point <laughs> uh and the Giants might be the unluckiest franchise yeah. this season overall as you just uh already were questionable and then you lose Saquon Barkley because he stepped on somebody's foot and Daniel Jones tries to make a big play and concusses himself. Mike Glennon. saw he came in. The neck. Did you know that Mike Glennon forced Russell Wilson out of North Carolina State? I did not. So Russell Wilson was the starting quarterback at North Carolina State for three years or two years at least. And then the hot shot in the kid. freshman came in, Mike Glennon. Oh boy. And uh was like, Okay, we're gonna give the we're gonna give it over to him. We're gonna kinda do a dual quarterback thing. And Russell was like, Hell yeah, I'm out of here. I'm going to Wisconsin. Went to Wisconsin basically. I don't know if he won the Heisman, but came pretty close. Came and, close. I don't think he won it. And uh the rest is history. Worked out pretty well for Russell. <laughs> not as well, but listen, Mike Glennon's not exactly hurting. Like he's been a, he's been in the NFL all these years making pretty good money as a backup quarterback. I, I mean listen, backup quarterback is the greatest job in the world. So middle reliever is the greatest job in the world. Backup quarterback's close second. 
Yeah, but middle relievers, they have to, they throw, they have to, they come in a lot. They the throw for an inning. Never come in. They throw for an inning, and nobody tackles them, nobody hits them, I and guess. they just get to literally go play golf, show up to the baseball stadium. I'm listen. There's only 16 fucking games. They're not playing. They're playing like two games. They're playing like 10 they're minutes. They're not playing at they're all. They're playing 10 minutes. There's 17 games, by I the way. I guarantee if you went by minutes, backup quarterback is a way better job than, in, than middle reliever. Yeah, but you anyway. make way more money as a middle reliever. I don't know. I think the Chargers are legit. <laughs> no question. I mean, I think their defense has kind of bounced back uh, for where I was. Uh, I was unsure after last year, but uh, I don't know. Their offense is, is loaded. Um. Let's do the top five, I guess. Hit it. We'll talk about it. So I have Arizona still number one. Hard to argue. Yeah. I mean, they're obviously still undefeated. Uh, last undefeated team, I think. So uh, that means, uh, what, the uh, Dolphins are still uh, keeping their champagne on ice, waiting yep, for that waiting, uh, whatever loss. that happens. I have your Bills still number two. Even, uh, you know, I couldn't move them up because, like I said, I really don't have, not that I think the Chiefs are bad, but I didn't even have the Chiefs in my top five last week. So I don't, even though I think they won and it was an impressive victory and we'll get into that the they're still number two like i didn't leapfrog that's arizona fair. That's uh, fair. even go it, they looked really good though i mean they look really good when you look at the score it says 38 to 20 and they're playing the you know the super bowl champions in arrowhead or the super bowl runner-ups i guess forgot yeah, yeah, yeah. um i have tampa bay speaking of uh super bowl champions third they looked really good this week mm-hmm. um and then i have the chargers Okay. Squeaks into number four. And I have the Cowboys over the Packers as my fifth team. Uh, just in large part by strength of schedule. The Cowboys actually beat the Chargers. So, I mean, I, I can't The Packers argue. really haven't beat anybody. They haven't. And they got smoked by the Saints in week one. They that was really, funny. really bad. Uh, so that's my top five. They, they did everything they could to try to lose to the Bengals over the weekend. But, yeah, the, but Bengals, the Bengals, I think the Bengals are actually good. I don't um, think they're good, but I think they're better than what I mean, they're better than expecting. the Steelers. Yes. That I... Well, Come on. I don't mean to dismirch your Steelers, but they're not that good. No, they're, they're terrible. Right. And they, they beat my Ben literally is terrible. If you watch like any, if you watch them for like four plays, you're like, how is this guy literally on this field? Yeah. I, I don't, I feel bad. I mean, he's still a, a, like a man mountain. So like some people just bounce off him sometimes and he's right. just like still throwing the ball 20 yards, but that's about as length as he can throw is 20 yards. Yeah. I, th- I think that he's, uh, he's playing one, one season longer than he probably should have. Yeah. And like I said, I think, you know. They they had their shot last year, if they if they could have got it all, but yeah, no, it's he's past his <laughs> he's well past his prime. Any any surprises from the weekend? I'm looking at the scoreboard here. I don't see anything. Uh, I, mean, I, I guess it, the the Eagles beating the Panthers, maybe, maybe. But even that, I I think the, the biggest, Bears Bears Raiders. I know you mentioned the Raiders. I was surprised by that one, and I think that with the Bills game, it was the the score. I, I wasn't shocked the Bills won. But they won handily. Like that, that was not a down to the last possession game. Um, some of it, you know, you get some lucky bounces and lucky. Some things go your way. Others was they just had a much better game plan this time than when they played last year. They they did mimic the the Buccaneer strategy of just take away the big play and you're going to have to dink and dunk down the field the entire way. And the Bills, I don't think most teams can do that with the Chiefs. I think the Bills are uniquely situated, similar to the Buccaneers, because they have a very talented defense and they have an offense that can match points. Like, the Giants couldn't use this strategy and win because they could never keep up with the points with the Chiefs. All right, so give me your Porta Potty 5. All right, fifth worst team is still the Atlanta Falcons. Congratulations on your stunning victory over the next worst team, which is the New York Jets. 
Uh, below them is the New York Giants, which arguably could be moved down further after their injuries, but I, I'm going to be nice and assume Mike Glennon has something that he can offer. Uh, Maybe you can call Russell Wilson for some advice. <laughs> Maybe. And then the bottom two, you could swap these in any order you want, but it's the, I have the Lions and then the Jaguars are still the worst team in the league. Uh, they went and got shellacked by Tennessee. Yeah. And Tennessee's not a bad team, but they're not a team you should be letting put 47 up yeah, on you. No, Tennessee is. Their defense is terrible, too. So, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, obviously they're dealing with a rookie quarterback and, you know, a very young team and Urban Meyer. They had the so. number one pick in the draft for a reason. They're not sure, a good team. Right, yeah. And so. Trevor Lawrence is showing flashes, but as of right now, they are just not. I mean, at least Detroit is in most of the games, and then they just are losing. Like, they're, they're more Atlanta-esque. Yeah. Jaguars are just getting pounded yeah and week in like and said, we'll out. see if uh how long Urban Meyer lasts here in uh, the NFL but I think you got to give him another year like you're not gonna fire him right now he'll, he'll be he'll get fired yeah yeah I know these college coaches come in they, it, it's not even mentioned like it'll be like an amical you know they'll be hey you know what this wasn't for me okay we'll move on it, it'll suck for the fans for sure but I don't know I'm not I'm not ready to give up on it I'm not saying it's gonna work but I'm not I'm also not ready to write him off because he's got a terrible roster a rookie quarterback, and uh, I mean, it's not an overly um, stacked division that he's playing in, but they were going to be bad this year. Yeah, no. I mean, like I said, they are what they, we thought they were. Right. Nobody's shocked by that. So the bottom five remains largely unchanged, um, and I, I, they're bad. These teams are – this is bad football that you're getting but we're starting to But we're starting to see some separation, and obviously it matters obviously more at the top. But so through five yeah. weeks, uh, you know, nothing too crazy. I, I, the Chiefs – not being as good as like you thought that they were just kind of unbeatable. I think that's probably maybe the biggest takeaway so far through five weeks that they're not uh, as unbeatable maybe as we had thought. I think the Chiefs up until this week were playing games and they were close games that they were losing at the end instead of winning. This was the first one where they came out and got really beat. Like, Wasn't there a stretch of like uh, Super Bowl losers not making the playoffs for like I don't know, something like eight years in a row? The Super Bowl yeah. loser lost, didn't make the playoffs the following year. That'd be pretty amazing if the Chiefs didn't make the playoffs. I think the Chiefs are still no, a they're team really, to be reckoned really with, good. and I think that they're going to sort it out, but they are not as good, and, and this is the problem with the NFL, is eventually teams do catch up to what you're doing, and they are all the talent in the world, but if you want to go line by line down rosters, there's not that much separation between them and the Bills, them and the Buccaneers, uh, them and the Cardinals. Like they're just at first, it seemed like how in the world do you stop this? And now there is a way to stop it. That doesn't mean everybody's going to be able to do it. You have to have the personnel to stop it. You have to have a great front four. You have to be able to get a pass rush without blitzing. You have to have good secondary, and you have to have an offense that can score. That's if you don't have that, you're still going to have a very hard time beating this team. I don't care what you do defensively. No, I mean, in, in my gut tells me that the Bills and the Bucks are the two best teams, but we'll let Arizona ride it out for the time being and see uh, what they say. But go Bills! Yeah, how's your uh, Bitcoin doing? Great, <laughs> all the cryptos. So crypto is uh, up uh, pretty good. Uh, uh, Bitcoin leading the way. I feel like as it usually does, uh, at least uh, when there's a. A surge in the crypto market. I think it's usually cleared by Bitcoin first, and all the other uh, kind of altcoins kind of fall in its in its wake there a little bit. But uh, blasted past the fifty thousand mark. Uh, let me look, take a real quick and see where we're at. Fifty seven six fifty one right now. Oh, Mr. Body. Song. oh so, body. I can't remember. I think what was all time highs is something like sixty four thousand. Sixty four and change. Yeah. So uh, sniffing that area of the uh, price action again here. Uh, 
Ethereum's up a little bit here too, but pr- primarily, I mean, I don't know if the, I don't have any, and I don't even know how to get any above the uh, the Shib coin there. Do you know have any of that? No, I know that's up again, but I know somebody who has twelve million of those. I'm not really sure what the Shib coin is. Uh, I mean, it's point zero 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 something something something. So like twelve million is relative, but but someday it could be a dollar, and then you're all set, <laughs> right? Um, I don't know, like. Uh, do you think that uh, there's been some talk of uh, Biden ahead of some of this stuff uh, kind of making, uh, kind of do some executive orders to uh, interfere with uh, crypto and the uh, ease of transactions here? Um, let me read this from Forbes. The executive order, again, this is uh, from uh, your president, Joe Biden. The executive order, which is still under consideration, caveat, would see federal agencies charged with making recommendations on Bitcoin and crypto, would touch in financial regulation, economic innovation, and national security. Um, they have a Bloomberg was told by insiders who added a crypto czar could be appointed to coordinate agencies work on digital currencies. So let's, let's get the government Brandon. involved. <laughs> let's go, Brandon. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, Joe Biden wants to do this. And guess who his biggest supporter in this in this maneuver is? Banks, probably. Former President Donald John Trump. Also yeah. not a fan of cryptos. And uh, how dare you besmirch the Bosom US buddies. dollar. So, I guess here's my take. If you could put me on an issue where Joe Biden and Donald Trump are on one side, I'm pretty sure I want to be on the other side of it. Yeah. Same with if you can give me anything where you got Mitch McConnell, Chuck Schumer, and Nancy Pelosi all on one side. And I want to be on the other side of whatever that issue is. Yeah, probably. I mean, odds. Every now and then, yes, it's going to line up. I'm sure we could all agree on the basics of, like, murder should be illegal. After that, though, it gets a little more sketchy. Yeah, well, I I think your point still holds true because they probably all agree that that shouldn't, should, you know, be legal. I mean, it's only illegal if you do it to Americans. They don't want it to be illegal if you do it to people in other countries. Then it's fine. Or Well, if they can. Not you. Not me. They. They get to decide. Yeah. Well, listen, I hate the idea. And and this is what I kind of like right now. And this is... This is fascinating to watch because the government no longer has the absolute control over communications that they had that they enjoyed for years when it was just legacy media and they controlled the talking points. It's not that way anymore. And now every time they come out and say, well, we're going to do this, the people that hold it are kind of looking at it and going, no, no, I'm, I'm not giving it up. You can say whatever you want. I don't care. Drive the price down, manipulate the market, do whatever you want. No. And we're talking about people who are trying to, you know, the price action always brings out the, the price is manipulated, whatever. But you do something like 85% of Bitcoins haven't moved in months. Yeah. It, so, people I mean, are like, just holding. Right. It's, it's really just the trading on the fringes that's driving right. the pricing. So most people are just holding on and being like, all right, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and Count listen, me into that group, by I the know, way. Right? <laughs> like it, it's one of those of, yeah, I, I like it. And I do think <sighs> that I get why the government is scared of it because sure. the government is scared of it because... It's, I know it's not because it's not under their thumb right now. Right. And all that the U.S. currency is based on is the full faith in government of of the U.S. government. Full faith in credit of an organization that is currently $29 trillion in debt with an additional $90 trillion of unfunded liabilities. You want to know the difference? We're we're, we're one of the best games in town. Do you know the difference between debt and unfunded liability? (laughs) I mean, uh, Word I'm salad. really asking because I salad. don't understand. Word salad. <laughs> like if I if my wife was like, "Hey, uh, looks like you got kind of a lot of debt here. What are we going to do?" And I said, "No, no, honey, don't worry. They're not debt. Well, it's unfunded liability. Well, it's only debt when the bill comes 
uh, due. due, right? So it's unfunded liability when like, okay, well, we're going to have to pay this in the future. Well, where's the money going to well, go? We don't have to, but right. Well, so until it gets to the future, it's then it becomes debt. Oh my God, I love it. So it's just future debt. debt. Future debt. That's way different than present debt. I don't know how, but somehow that's different. We'll pay it back. And you get unfunded liabilities that don't count as debt. So yeah, full faith and credit of that organization, ladies and gentlemen, that's way more secure. Yeah. Well, they're going to try to come up with a Fed coin too. I can't wait till they mint a $3 trillion coin made of platinum. We live in the dumbest times imaginable. This is- I don't know. In Caligula. Caligula might challenge that a little bit. Oh my God. What is Caligula? He's a former Roman czar. All right, my bad. You're right. <laughs> but they He's didn't bad. have we the think, access. We think he had syphilis, and so therefore he was basically insane while he was ruling over the... Didn't the, he try to make his horse <laughs> like a head console or something like that? Something. Oh, okay. God, that, those were... But here's the mean, thing. It was like he tried to make it into a, a hood ornament? Is that what you're saying? No, he tried to make his horse his lead council, like oh. a, an official position in the... Gotcha. In the in the cabinet or whatever they called it back yeah. then. Well, I mean, we're close. The fact that we're comparing the two is a little is not great. And here's the <laughs> difference: like, if you at least then there was the full and total control over information that you could keep from people. You don't have that anymore. Like, you have access to all of the information from around the world, and people will either have no interest in looking at it, completely ignore it, or will use it in a way to say the exact opposite of what it says. And the people, the masses, instead of having the slightest bit of objectivity or discernment, or maybe some skepticism that the federal government is not this benevolent force trying to do good for everybody. I know it's a wild theory, but just bear with me. Cannot run with the government talking points fast enough nor far enough. And everything is this, well, it's the Democrats' fault, and it's the Republicans' fault, and uh, that's because they're radical and terrorists and socialists and communists, and anybody who votes for them is the same. And meanwhile, you look around and you're going, guys, you probably agree on like 90% of what you want from the government. And you're arguing over 10%, which is not that significant and is almost always the exception and never the rule. It's mind boggling to watch this play out. And it's mind boggling watching people have access to this information and still the absolute denial, the complete lack of curiosity, the complete denial of anything else the cognitive dissonance it requires to look at what is going on in our country right now and go this is fine this is not a big deal like our president at least moderately on some level has dementia we have the speaker of the house with an investment portfolio that has returned 10,000 percent in five years we have the house or excuse me the senate minority leader or i guess it's still the majority leader mitch mcconnell uh i don't know they're equal the party leader whatever who literally got his wife, whose family made their wealth under Chinese shipping with the government, and he somehow got her appointed as the transportation secretary. And we all sit there and go, hmm. that's fine. This, this is how government's supposed to work. Like, you could take all of the money from every single billionaire in the country, every single one, you could confiscate every dime of their wealth, and you would cover the federal budget for roughly three years, I think. It's it's peanuts compared to what right. like, you couldn't even peanuts. put a dent in the in the in the debt. Like if you took all their wealth and you somehow got a trillion dollars, which isn't going to happen, you would then reduce the national debt from twenty nine trillion to twenty eight trillion. Huh. Problem solved. Why don't we just do that? Just not financial advice, but just buy Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you could give financial advice. I have licenses that prevent me from doing that outside of content. <clears throat> so speaking of. Uh, <clears throat> Benevolent leaders, Prince Andrew, um, 
What? Nice. Prince Andrew uh, has uh, the investigation against him has been dropped by Scotland Yard out in the uh, UK. Are you shocked by this? Say that again. I'm. So, I just Scotland, found out it would be nine months. That's Scotland how much Yard we uh, UK that. police have dropped the investigation uh, into Prince Char- Prince Andrew uh, involving Virginia Jeffrey and uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Do you think they've really dropped the, they've dropped the investigation? Just nothing to see there. They said there's uh, their quote was uh, no further action will be taken. Normal, normal times that we live in that so, a guy would hanging out with a known pedophile and a girl who was underage at the time has blatantly said, yes, I was made to have sex with this guy multiple times and nobody cares. Yeah, I, it just came through. So I saw it. I wanted to report on it because uh, we'd like to do all things Jeffrey Epstein here. But yeah, so uh, no further investigation coming out of, out of England anyway. So I, we still have our own uh, uh, federal investigation here, at least going on. So hopefully that. Uh, how is this happening? I don't know. Somebody made a great joke about like the number of things the FBI missed as as far as like mass shootings that they didn't that they should have known about and didn't the the Miami nightclub one et cetera et cetera. And it was the joke, and it's fairly true. Was is there anything the FBI does other than develop its own terror plots and thwart them? No. Like, do they ever thwart one they didn't develop themselves? No. No, all of their issues that they have to, they have to create those just to exist. It's literally bonkers. And apparently Scotland Yard is no different because, uh, I again, guess. it seems like maybe if, if you or I engaged in child sex trafficking, like maybe they would investigate us a little. Probably. They probably wouldn't just call it off in the face of like, overwhelming eh, evidence. We're busy. Eyewitnesses, multiple, and then just go, you know what? Well, there's just nothing more we're going to do. We're concluding it. And I'd be like, good call. All right. Well, one this other is st- weird. I know. Listen, I know. Another story that's weird and I want to update it on is uh, that we touched on last week. Uh, somewhat good news, but I'll throw a caveat in there, too. So uh, Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller was freed from jail. Thank God. He's also facing a court martial. I mean, that was going to happen. He had yeah. to know that was coming. So... I'm not sure how this is all going to play out, but apparently there was an agreement made between uh, his uh, himself and his lawyers and family or whatnot with the uh, military, and that allowed him to be free. So, you know, they, I guess they were protecting him to, from himself for uh, whatever it was. After. So they threw him in the brig because they gave him a gag order and said, don't say anything else, and then he violated the gag order and c- just kept talking. All right, fine, that's, that's whatever. Uh, and now my guess is he's going to end up being dishonorably discharged um, from the Marine Corps. Or less than honorable or other than honorable or some discharge and he's going to be done. Um, And the continued absence of any level of accountability will continue. Yeah. So, So, I mean, so you're saying he shouldn't have done it? What's that? You're saying he shouldn't have come out and said it? No, he absolutely should have come out and said it. You need more people to come out and say it. That's the problem is that nobody does because they're afraid of the consequences. So I'm on board with anybody who wants to come out and call it out. Like it. The people on the inside, especially if you like all these videos coming out from Pfizer scientists and J&J scientists of like, yeah, you really don't need it if you got kids or this and this and this. Now, like, oh, well, would you say that publicly? Like, no. That's weird. Yeah. So if more people can come out and just say, hey, this doesn't make sense because the average person feels like, oh, I don't know enough about it and I couldn't learn it and I, I don't understand. But there's people in charge and I believe that they're trying to do what's best, even if they get it wrong every now and then. And this guy, from his perspective, is looking at it and going, 
there's no possible way you could have screwed this up this badly. It's not not with any level of that that wouldn't be your fault, whether it's gross negligence or intentional design. There's no way this should have happened if you were any level of competent. If you were competent at your jobs, none of this had to happen. And you basically just sacrificed more service members and more Afghan citizens in this stupid little game of chicken you were playing with Joe Biden. Like, that's that's not right. This is so terrible. And again, you've got all these media companies out there with all these resources that could investigate it. They're not going to. Yeah, they don't want to find out. No, they don't want to know the truth. Then they'd have to lose all those great guest appearances they get from those top commanders and top generals. Looking at you, MSNBC. Yeah. So that's not going to happen, and it's it's terrible. And so then you get people that talk about it, and I love the people that in response are like, oh, look, the Afghanistan papers came out. They were leaked by the Washington Post after multiple FOIL requests, and finally the government fighting, kicking and screaming all along had to give it up. And then if you cite that, the average person goes, what is that? Right. Like, we had a smoking gun acknowledging that for at least 15 years we were sending people over to fight in a war, that we had no idea what the end game was. We didn't know what we were trying to accomplish other than we're there. And they have acknowledged every data point, every statistic, everything that came out of the country was to be spun in a way that made it look like a positive. Lower deaths, we're winning. Higher deaths, we're winning because we're taking the fight. More area gone. That's great. We're taking over more. Area seated. That's because we're just giving it to the Afghans. Everything was a positive. There was no negative. 15 years. 15 years. We didn't know what the end game was. And these people, the ones at the charge of the Department of Defense, the ones at the top of the Marine Corps, the Army, the Air Force, the Navy, anybody, and civilian contractors, NSA, whatever it is, they knew. We didn't know what we were doing. And they just kept coming out and sending people off to war. They were never supposed to win it, Mr. Hughesung. They were only supposed to keep it going. They are just supposed to do the fight. Keep it going. And then you're going to turn around, and they knew that they, the Afghan army had ghost soldiers, meaning a general would just put these people on the list, and the government, our government would pay them. And the generals would our just pocket the money. Our government, you mean uh, taxpaying members yeah, of the Our United taxes, yes, rest. went to fund this. And so, so that, you and I, and they knew full well that all the numbers from Afghan army were completely inflated, were nonsense. They were unreliable. The people, and this is again, what was published, not, not the secret stuff that I'm sure that was way worse. And now they're going to come back and they, then Joe Biden goes with a straight face and says, no, the Afghan army is sufficiently strong and they're going to, and they're going to take on a Taliban. And even when he first said it, I believe you and I talked about the show. We're like, I don't think that's right. Like this doesn't seem likely to me because I think he's being way over optimistic. They took over the entire country in a week. Like, how do you get it that wrong without it being either intentional or gross incompetence? Not not like, hey, I got a bad call here. Yeah, You are talking about such a level of incompetence that anybody else in any sector should be fired. Government, public, private, I don't care. You should lose your job. People should have resigned. And I'm not even going to tell you that pulling out was the bad call because I don't know that they could have pulled it out in any sort of efficient way with the people we have in charge of the military, of doing the strategies and the planning, because I think that's what they wanted. And now they got what they wanted. And now this guy, Lieutenant Colonel Scheller, comes out and is pointing it out to people and saying, hey, guys, facts on the ground mean this never should have happened. There is no excuse. There is no way. And there is not. Who, who was the person that ultimately took accountability for how bad that went? Who resigned? Uh, zero people. Oh, okay, yeah. The top levels of brass, how many of them actually resigned their post because of the disgrace that they committed in pulling out of Afghanistan? Not one. 
So, you know what? Sorry for the dead soldiers, the dead Marines, and everybody else. But, you know, shit happens. That's like the response that we're getting right now. And good for Colonel Scheller to come out and say, what the hell? What do you mean nothing? What do you mean not one person's going to be accountable for this? Not one of you is going to take responsibility for setting these people up and putting them in this unnecessary position? All right, you know what? Good. He should be dismissed from the organization at this point because if this is what you're going to do, why would anybody want to be a part of this entity? Yeah. Like, I'm all for service to the country, but at this point, what's the difference between service to the country and serving these people that do not have the common interest in heart? They are not patriots trying to do what's best for the country. They're self-serving political bureaucrats. I'm sorry, but somebody's got to get fired. Somebody has to resign. This was an embarrassment unparalleled in the last, I don't even know how many decades. Yeah. And now one person's being held responsible. And all the service members and all the regular soldiers and Marines, well, you fought for the guy next to you. No, you got to do better than that. You just sent me over to, like, go fight, kill, and die. And all you could tell me for is I did it for the guy next to me? No, that's not reasoning. What was the point? What did we do? Because by my math, nothing. That's it. We just had a 20-year war. We punished the guy who basically shed light on it. And went back to the status quo. And then anybody asking for some level of accountability, and this guy has the expertise, the knowledge, the familiarity. He knows what should have happened. He knows to some extent what was happening. And he's coming out and pointing out, why is nobody being held accountable for this? Why are we not demanding that somebody be held accountable for this? Because this was an embarrassment. This was gross levels of incompetence that led to people dying because they wanted to get into a pissing match with the president. Somebody needs to lose their job and maybe go to prison. All right. Another, uh, I don't know if you remember uh, your president, Brandon is his name. Let's go, Brandon. Uh, Remember when he said Facebook was killing people? (laughs) Yeah. This guy's a gem. Why was he killing people? He was killing people because he said they were disinformation, uh, not uh, al- not you know oppressing information hard enough on their platform, basically. So, um, right after uh, we 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 didn't talk about this last week, but so Facebook the whistleblower it happened right as I think it happened right as we were going on. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it was it, it was, was like 60 tw- it was twelve minutes the night six. before. Yeah, right. But the outage happened like yes. just as we started. So last week. Just as our show started, Facebook went down, uh, was down for uh, six hours. Now, that was on the heels of a 60 Minutes interview with a quote-unquote whistleblower from inside Facebook. The funniest whistleblower ever. The worst. <laughs> so She went public like... She, she's mind. literally like became like a sensation overnight. Right. Like, all these other whistleblowers are getting... You Death know, threats. Yeah, they're getting nah, kidnapped, book kidnapped and trying to figure out how to shoot with Russian spies. Anyways. So, this... Again, quote unquote whistleblower uh, comes forward, uh, tells her story on uh, 60 Minutes, and basically says Facebook doesn't uh, uh, stifle uh, communications well enough and that people are dying and that uh, uh, she wants to draw attention to that. In hindsight, the morning before they went out, yeah, before the outage happened, we'll get to the outage in a second, the Jim Cramer, you know that dude on CNBC? Sure, Mad Money Jim Cramer. He's an idiot. So where? So he was on all the morning talk shows, literally in acting mode, saying like, "This is different. This is so different. Everything's like, like 
the, this is just, just the, from the 60 minutes interview, like he played up the whole idea that his MSNBC employers, I'm sure were loving that no, this was devastating to Facebook because they were basically showing how Facebook, uh, enabled January 6th, for example, right? And this was, this whistleblower had basically shook the foundation of Facebook and Jim Cramer could no longer recommend owning Facebook and was thinking of getting rid of Facebook. And this is before the outage. This was the morning, the morning morning after the, t- literally ridiculous. I didn't, I hadn't even seen the whistleblower yet. So I was like, what the hell's going on here? So I'm like, all right, I guess I better fucking watch this uh, right. whistleblower interview. Then I'm like, this lady's a hack. Like <laughs> this lady's literally just being like, we didn't, we didn't, you know, kill the first amendment hard enough. We're, we're part of the problem. And I'm just like, okay, this is not really what I thought it was going to be. And then obviously then when we go, we, we jump forward to 12 o'clock and all of a sudden Facebook's out for six hours. Now, mind you, this is on the heels of some, uh, underground internet, uh, sites, hacker sites, basically saying that 1.5 billion users, uh, information was leaked online that morning and up for sale. Yeah. And, and available, um, all happened within basically this 12 hour uh, thing. So the 60 minute interview, the hack released this data and then the outage all happened. The outage had to be a fix to hack, right? I mean, I can't imagine that they must've figured out who hacked or how they hacked it and then said, Oh shit, we need to fix this and we need to shut down the system to make that happen. So probably, um, the stock fell. I don't. I don't know where it is right now. I don't know if you have any idea, but um, the stock was definitely down uh, for the first time in a long time. Facebook was on the on the on the run, basically a little bit. So, um, I think this whole thing was big nothing burger for the most part. But I feel like it got so much attention on Monday. It feels like it was a month ago now um, that this whole thing was basically a created created controversy again by the intelligence agencies to basically lock social media down even harder. Like, I don't think it was actually, I think it was orchestrated, which I, I'm not, I'm not shedding any news on anybody. I think other people think it was as well, but this whole thing is, was manufactured by our government slash intelligence agencies to lock these social media companies down or lock us users down on these platforms even more. Yeah, stock went down about ten percent. So significant for sure yeah, for for a day that that is significant. Oh, it's coming back up. It's down a little bit today, but so any uh, lasting thoughts on this whole whistleblower Facebook? Uh, you know, the whistleblower is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Like this is not a whistleblower. This is nothing that we didn't already know Facebook was doing. There's no new information whatsoever. And it's an embarrassment to any media company that covers this like it's an action. She's like a good media sensation. Oh my god! Like remember when Michael Levinati was? Remember when right. Julie oh, yeah. Sentwick yeah. was? And oh, you're yeah. like, oh yeah, they were doing gang rape at parties all over the area. Like, and you kept going to the parties? Yeah. Like, at some point, does nobody want to ask the question of common sense? Of, uh, so what exactly are they doing that we didn't know before? Well, it's even more rampant than you realize. She's, she's, a, she's a tool for greater censorship and the people, right. they love it. I mean, she's like a, almost like a mascot at this point. So it's, it's just crazy. It's just comical to watch people bend over backwards to try to explain this. It's yeah, hysterical. I, I, I uh, subscribe to Glenn Greenwald on Substack there. I uh, think he's got a great piece on this. I would recommend it if, okay, if you want to. So like what an actual whistleblower is where he had to leave the well, country I mean, clearly, for 11 months. Yeah, man. 
I wish I could have pulled this up and brought it part of the show. There was uh, some dude who made some reference being like, he was critiquing this whistleblower and somebody made some media made some comment of like, Oh, like Snowden would know what a whistleblower was or whatever. And I'm like, uh, you really literally do not know what you're talking about at this point. Wow. Right. I, I, I wish I could have pulled it up and to quote it exactly, but that was basically the gist of the whole thing. And he didn't, he literally didn't even know who Ed Snowden was awesome or what he did anyway. So it's amazing. All right. So Facebook is nonsense. We are, we can agree with that. I, I wish it was out more. I'm going to say this again. I've said it multiple times on the show. If you are pro censorship, you are probably not going to prove to be on the right side. Historically speaking, it's not, the good guys that typically historically have sp- have ventured out for more censorship, the free exchange of ideas, whether they are good, bad, positive, negative, offensive, or nice, is an essential component to growth. It's an essential component to freedom. You cannot censor or stifle the other side. The answer to bad ideas is good ideas, not silence. And stop this. Oh, my God. Stop believing that this was even a, a whistleblower, that this was not a plant. Yeah. She had, like, the day she came out, she was on 60 Minutes. She was verified within, like, three hours on Twitter. I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, like this like, is not an accident. Like it, was, it was all done. And watching, like, the mindless drones of people turning around and parroting all this and being like, oh, the bravery. Oh, my goodness. And look at this evil Jim Cramer. Like, this is... You should go back and watch Paradigm this. altering. You should, you should watch. It's li- In hindsight, you're just like, this dude is a character. Like, literally just oh, a he's character. Oh, he's a shill. Like, he's he is what he is. His returns are nothing remarkable. He's wrong so often it's comical. And it's he is just the most pro-status quo for the markets, for the Fed, for everything. And the, and the fake woke... Oh, I care about everybody. Like, no, you don't. Shut up. And I'm yeah. not even telling you he's a bad guy. Like, yeah. he does some good. Like he said, does. And I, I wasn't like, I wasn't trying to watch his show. I was literally just trying to find out information because face. I knew all this stuff was happening on Facebook. So I'm like, oh, let's see what the market people are talking about. And literally, he was on all the shows and he was playing a character. It was crazy. It was. It was. It's, it's what he does. It was clearly acting. Let's. You sent me this article, so I'll just follow up with such shift gears. Uh, no segue to this one. So that's fine. You sent me this article, uh, what the FDA wants doctors to tell patients asking for ivermectin. What the AMA. AMA. Well, this says the FDA, but this is from on the AMA website. Yeah. So So, I'm assuming they're working in tandem together, the FDA and the AMA. But yeah, this is on the uh, uh, American Medical Association, right? Yep. Um, The article is dated September 20th, uh, 2021. It's basically a breakdown of some of the stuff we had talked about and how they're trying to, uh, you know, label it a uh, livestock dewormer, uh, horse dewormer, whatever, uh, animal pills, paste or whatever they want to call it. So an update on some ivermectin talk here. Uh, what the uh, what what does the AMA what, what did you want to talk about with this article, Mr. Hughesong? How disingenuous the points in this argument actually are and how insane Like this is the American Medical Association. And how do you ever allow yourself to be this corrupted to the point that you are literally trying to scare people into believing ivermectin is this heinous thing? And you are not only telling your doctors now like, hey, don't work with your patient. Uh, Tell your patient what to do. If your patient insists, this is a direct quote, if a patient insists on this drug, the, the guy from the AMA has the following advice for doctors. Tell that patient to get vaccinated. 
So if a patient has concerns about the vaccine, has read some good things about ivermectin, and wants to take it, don't. There is no reason. There's no upside. Well, maybe maybe not no upside. Um, some of the things that they've also said in here that caught my eye was uh, there are some small studies from around the country, from around the world. What are we listening to? Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not listening to anything. Oh, that's on my phone. Yeah, yeah. My so bad. You're, you're listening to it. All right. The, the, the video started. Um, that they have studies around the world, small studies. How many studies is it again? 63? In the 60s. Yeah, yeah. That are, including RCTs and, every, and everything else. But small studies from around the world that, uh, that, that make it look like it, that, that maybe that has. And that's got people all up in arms. And this is my, my favorite um, takeaway. Where is it? I don't want to get this right. That they happen. Many of these trials took place in other countries without any FDA oversight. So we actually have no way of confirming whether the results reported in those trials are real or not. How many studies have have we, have we looked to from China that said lockdowns work, masks are great. This is not aerosol. It's, it's hitting everybody equally. Children can spread it. Have you ever heard anybody from the AMA or the FDA bring up the point, well, it's coming out of a country where we just can't really verify the data, so we probably shouldn't even follow it? I mean, it only it only overlaps when the results don't jive with their narrative, Mr. Hughesong. Right. And so the AMA to come out and say, well, we, we just don't know. And I guess this is more the FDA. Like, we can't even verify this information. Funny how that wasn't a problem for the last 12 months at anything that came out purporting to say, I don't know, hydroxychloroquine was killing people. No, 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 we couldn't verify that, but who cares? We ran with it anyway. Um, it's not you always... Remember a, when Ivermectin was keeping gunshot wounds victims out of their uh, emergency rooms? Uh, yeah, I, I vaguely recall that. Um, then it says, on top of the little evidence, which is nonsense, there is all kinds of evidence supporting the notion that Ivermectin has at least some po- positive benefit with almost no risk. They inevitably go back to the, it's not always intended for humans. Okay, let me just settle this part of the argument right now. Nobody who's saying that doctors should prescribe ivermectin is telling people to go take the animal version of ivermectin. The argument is that the safety profile on the drug combined with the apparent efficacy is well worth the risk to give this in a prescribed dosage, 200 to 400 micrograms, depending on body weight, whatever the recommended dosage is from, I don't know, a doctor that maybe if you did that, you'd see a positive result with very little safety risk. Wild idea. So let's just skip the entire part on, well, it could be for animals. All right. I concede your point. Don't take the animal version. Are we done now? Can we stop bringing this point up and maybe you could start prescribing, I don't know, the human version and giving it to the people who want it and have done, and they know what they're talking about and they've decided it's worth the risk. Instead of instructing all doctors, do not do it. Maybe, hey, doctors, go look into this for yourself and decide. If you think it's worthwhile and your patient does and you've explained all the risks, go nuts. Now, the FDA has identified multiple reports of patients who tried to self-medicate with ivermectin products intended for livestock and were subsequently hospitalized. You click on the hyperlink of multiple reports and you want to know what you get to? The FDA website. Why you should not use ivermectin to treat or prevent COVID-19. You want to know how many cases they cite of people being hospitalized? Uh, 
Let me have it. Zero. Sweet. So you're going to put a link in to say the FDA has all these cases of it, and then you go to the link and it's the FDA site on, it could be harmful. Doesn't mean like, there's no numbers on here of this many people have been hospitalized due to ivermectin for livestock. But again, don't take the ivermectin for livestock. And I bet you if you started letting doctors in their own judgment, in good faith, prescribe this to patients, what do you suppose would happen to the number of people taking the livestock version? My guess is it goes down. Seems like an easy problem to solve, especially, again, given the safety profile of ivermectin taken at normal dosage. COVID-19 trial treatment trials are underway, but we just don't have the data yet. So we're just going to ignore the 60-plus trials that have already been done, and we're going to wait for the NIH approved trial to be completed in March of 2023. That that doesn't seem a little bit suspect. Just maybe maybe a touch. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's confusing to me why the AMA is coming out and saying this of remember when the idea was you work with your doctor to come up with solutions. Now, if your doctor genuinely has read all of the available information is concluded like, "Hey, I just don't think it's worth it." But the conversation has to work back because ultimately, if that doctor's wrong and you die, who gets held responsible? Not the doctor, not the AMA, not Pfizer, not Moderna, not, not the NIH, nobody. So if you, if I had a conversation with my doctor and I was older, I was fatter and I had health issues and I got COVID and I went to the doctor and said, look, I, I've read a lot of these studies and it looks promising. I want to go take ivermectin. And the doctor's like, no, I'm like, no, you understand I understand that it's risky. I don't want to take the animal paste. I don't want to take the horse version. I don't want to take the cattle dewormer. I want you, based on my body weight, to recommend me a dosage of this many micrograms based on this. No. Well, why not? What's the risk? Well, people could overdose. Well, I'm not asking for enough to overdose. I'm asking for enough to be treated according to the protocols that have worked in thousands of people around the world. So why can't I? Why will you not prescribe this to me? Well, it's just not enough evidence. Okay. But I'm, I'm telling you, I'm willing to sign any waiver you want. I accept the risk of taking ivermectin. I think it's worth it. Well, I am an expert. Okay, what's your reasoning? What is the actual safety risk to me? Well, I don't know. The AMA said it's bad. Oh, awesome. Now, I'm not trying to become an alarmist by any means. I was doing some, some reading, some light reading over the weekend. And if you want to talk... I don't know, let's say correlation doesn't equal causation, but you know, maybe every now and then we should, we should be asking what some other places are doing. So for context, this looks at October 6th of 2020 compared to October 6th of 2021 in the United States on October 6, 2020, we had 44,500 COVID cases and 690 deaths. These are the seven day moving averages at that time of that year versus that this year. So our 44,500 cases, seven-day moving average in October of 2020, October of 2021, 100,505. So we have twice as many cases. (laughs) We're doing something. So, and it's not Florida and Texas, kids. Sorry, it doesn't work out that way. New York's are higher. Pennsylvania is higher. Hawaii is higher. They're all higher. So we're up double of where we were in October of last year. And our deaths per day, seven-day moving average, was gone from 690 in October of 2020 to 1,560. So again, doubled. We are having twice as many people die daily average this time this year than we were last year. Now We should get a vaccine. I mean, that must be the problem. 
I, I don't have any other answer for you because it couldn't just be anything else. Now, for comparison's sake, I, just, I looked at India. And at this time last year, India had 77,000 average cases per day. 77,000. So not quite twice what we had. And they were at 1,000, uh, just over 1,000 deaths per day at this time last year. Now, this year, from 77,000 cases per day to 22,000 cases per day. Winning. So they're down like a third of what they were at this time last year. And their deaths went from 1,012 to 250. Hmm. So 25% of what it was at this time last year. So again, for comparison, we're up 100%. They are down to 25% of what they once were of people dying on average every day. Now, you know, a weird thing happened in May when, they, when India peaked. Their, their death count peaked in right around mid-May, and it hasn't gone back up. I, I, coincidentally, coincidentally, obviously, that was the same time that they rolled out ivermectin on a mass dosage in many of the main of the larger counties. I don't know the right word is states, counties, whatever across India. Correlation does not equal causation. Not arguing that it does. But again, if you have some evidence that that this seems to be having a widespread effect, and you have then backed up by sixty plus trials and yes one of them used falsified data and that had to be retracted which leaves still over 60 cases showing some benefit and efficacy and then there's the doctor in puerto rico who's treated six thousand patients with ivermectin not one of them died of ivermectin poisoning and six thousand have been treated and recovered then you get the cases where people were given ivermectin well they were about to go on a ventilator and walked out of the hospital two days later despite being 86 years old she was on the ventilator she was on the ventilator in 82 but still. 82 my bad judas Svenkovitz. just out here spreading misinformation so all of these things together and i'm looking at it as objectively as i can and look i've done the math on vaccination rates to similar data and can find no clear pattern whatsoever the countries that are using ivermectin, and there's multiple countries in Africa that use ivermectin regularly as a malaria treatment and, and prevention, so their people are on, on ivermectin all, all the time. I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people take it. Their COVID cases are so much lower than the neighboring countries that don't take it. Like, guys, at some point, we got to do the math and say, look, there is virtually no risk to taking this drug when you take it properly prescribed by a doctor. The AMA, the NIH, and the CDC are on by preventing doctors from using it not just saying we're not taking an opinion one way or another but by telling doctors do not use this drug do not prescribe this drug and there's never a good reason to people are dying that don't need to die i don't know how many but it is inarguable at this point that yeah. this would save some people's lives for sure I, I don't know how you want to draw the correlation to india's data it is an outlier the biggest thing they do differently is they treat with ivermectin like it's not an accident that this is where we are right now. Ireland is one of the highest vaccinated countries in the world. October of last year compared to this year, their cases are 300 times higher. Their death rate's still very low, but it was three at this time last year, and now it's five per day. So, But the cases went from 462 to 1203. Um, Canada is up double uh, in cases and up about 70% in deaths per day. Um, I, I don't know what to tell you here. And Sweden is another country that people like to rag on, but Sweden is up a little bit. They had 545 cases per day at this time last year, and they're at 605 now. So about a 10% increase, but deaths are very low. They went from three per day last year to two. 
So, guys, I don't, I don't know what to tell you here, but the vaccine is not working as well as ivermectin. No. I, 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 and it's, like, inarguable. That's going to get point. us banned, but sure. I, I'm sorry, but <laughs> I don't know how you can say it is. Like, the best thing you can say about the vaccine is that for some period of time that is short, it reduces your likelihood of getting hospitalized or dying compared to somebody who didn't do anything. Yeah, I'm not even sure if that's... I'm not sure that's going to hold up either. And uh, the other part about safety is, is the vaccine safe? I don't know. And the problem is, like, are people having adverse effects? Yes. Okay, well, how many? We don't know. Well, let's look at VAERS. Well, you can't look at VAERS. That's unreliable. Okay, well, where should we look? VAERS. That's the only place to look. So you have to deal with what the the flaws are of VAERS. Or get a better system. Yeah, they should make that. Put somebody, if if public health is truly the goal, get somebody in this massive organization of the federal government to go, all right, John and Julie, your job now is go find out who's having adverse effects. And here's this crazy idea. Why? Yeah. Listen, if they wanted to, if it was for public health and they wanted to find out if the vaccine was working, we'd be testing people for breakthrough cases, but we're not. So yeah, we wouldn't change the threshold count for the test to make it so that breakthrough cases don't count. There's something wrong. Follow the silence. There is something I'm looking at all these people I know who are vaccinated and in low risk groups and they're not only getting COVID, they're getting sick. And I'm looking at it and going, all right, look, I don't want to draw exceptions and I'm trying not to, but I also generally don't think I'm an exception to the rule. And what I'm seeing, if you play odds, if I'm seeing it, it's happening more. I'm not the one in a million exception. So I'm not saying it's a cause for alarm, but I'm saying there's something that doesn't make sense about this. There's something that if a a 16 year old kid got COVID last year, 99% odds are zero symptoms are very mild at worst, like not even a cold. And now it's, they're down for a week. And I'm, and I'm sitting there going, why? I don't have an answer. I genuinely don't know. And the problem is we have a public health apparatus in this country that has no interest in finding out why. Like we have no desire to find out that the vaccines are harmful to some people. The thing is, if we knew, if we admit that, which we have to, we could start to look into why. What is it that we should be looking at for if you have these conditions, the vaccine seems to be having a negative reaction. Like every other drug ever administered has a bad reaction with certain people. Ivermectin has a bad reaction with people on blood thinners. Now, it's very mild and it's not all that significant, but it's there. You're telling me the vaccine doesn't have any? I'm supposed to believe this? I'm, I'm supposed to buy into the notion that a brand new vaccine, and I get they've been working on the technology for 18 years, et cetera, et cetera. Great. Still never been used on a mass level in human beings and never been used for vaccines before. Now it is. And there's not one thing that we can point to to say, okay, people in this category, like, oh, I don't know, 16 and younger males are having a myocarditis issue. That's a problem. Well, why? I don't know. Just don't look at it. Because it's still safer than getting the COVID for a 16-year-old? You're high. It's not close. This is insanity. Like, we don't have public health anymore. We have a government complex meant to fund pharmaceutical industries. Uh, And why is the Moderna dosage of mRNA vaccine almost double what Pfizer is? Uh, That's the FDA that, but... I don't understand why, how, and why is, what is the difference in benefit versus risk? Like, why is there nobody looking into this outside of theirs? And I agree, theirs is flawed. Come up with something better. You are in charge. You are supposed to be the overseers, the referees, the ones making sure this is a fair playing field. Yeah, like, if, like I said, if they point out the flaws, fix them. Right, 
that's the only way you're going to fix the flaws is by admitting that there are some. And I'm not telling anybody don't get vaccinated. I'm not telling anybody to get vaccinated. I'm saying that we should all be able to acknowledge that there are risks. There are risks in getting vaccinated. There are risks in not getting vaccinated. There are risks in exercising. There are risks in being obese. There are risks in taking ivermectin. There are risks in not taking ivermectin. The idea that you can eliminate all risk is insanity. You combine that with this notion where we just forgot that natural immunity exists. I don't know what to tell you. I got nothing. This is a problem. I And I don't understand why we're doing it outside of they're going to sell way more vaccines and now we're going to sell way more booster shots. Yeah. And we have never mandated a vaccine that has been in existence for less than six years before. Ever. And there's a reason, guys. It takes time to figure out long-term safety data. Believe it or not, you can't establish it in a year. All right, I'm done. Sorry. I do want to touch on one more COVID-related issue before we uh, touch on the Southwest stuff. Okay. So it turns out that PCR tests were being purchased. A lot of PCR tests were being purchased ahead of the first confirmed COVID case in China. So this was PCR tests being purchased in China ahead of the first confirmed case in China. Good foresight. Yes, for sure. No doubt. Uh, I'm sure, uh, what was it? Cleo was probably helping them. Uh, the psychic there, yeah. Cleo, was probably helping them uh, sure. determine that they needed PCR tests, I'm guessing. She is good. Um, I think she was arrested for fraud. But anyway... Probably see that coming, but so this kind of throws a wrench into the timeline, and this is kind of way I want to. Maybe we'll follow back up on this because there was such all these accolades given to this uh, Christian Drazen for inventing the PCR test. This was after what after the first case. So like, if they were already ordering the PCR case with the essay that were allowed to find COVID, what were they? This whole timeline is messed up now. Garbage. So they're talking about this going back to May of 2019 where they were surging in PCR tests. That means it's been around for probably a whole nother season. I mean, yes. And it also would be that maybe it's not people have naturally preexisting immunity to it. It's that people got exposed to yeah, it. It's been it around very mild and they built an immunity, it's been which around. would make way more sense. It, honestly. it might've been around for a couple years. Yeah. That's crazy. It's, and it's weird that we didn't know about it. And, and that like that changes the entire narrative of your infection rate of your death rate of how dangerous it actually is, et cetera, et cetera. And it also might help explain why there's no flu anymore. I don't know. Like maybe there is still a flu and we're just conflating it. Yeah, I don't know. I just on that that we should touch on that because that really does mess up the whole timeline. Yeah, here. I got it. I'm working on something right now. I'm going to try to write it out when I have some time, which is, you know, I have nothing but free time yeah. uh, on on the backdrop of how Moderna got into this. And in some of the let's just say concerning conflicts of interest that have gone on between Moderna and the NIH. And it's it's really, really intriguing and really, really sad. All the same. I'm sure it's nothing. I'm sure it's nothing. I'm sure it's nothing. But I'm sure it's worth you know, taking a gander at. All right. So we'll, we'll follow up on that when, uh, if I get any more information on this uh, PCR thing, but I found that very interesting anyway. So, all right, let's talk about the, uh, the Massive story that's kind flight of flight uh, cancellations out this, of Florida. Yeah. That's, that's, that kind of generated here Saturday, Sunday, and even continued into Monday here. Listen, so it's just weather. Correct. So weather has played, has canceled now over 2000 flights over three days. Southwest flights, no, no other air flight, no other airline is being uh, disrupted by this weather phenomenon, just for the record, just Southwest at this point. So um, amazing. It follows 
a week after Southwest had mandated their vac- uh, employees to be vaccinated, Mr. Husong, uh, the union, I will say for clarification, has come out and said, this is not the reason why uh, we all went out. That's not the vaccine mandate. But apparently there was a walkout Good. of uh, pilots and or air traffic controllers or a combination of both. Uh, basically, a thousand flights, I think, were canceled on Saturday, something like 800 on Sunday and another 350 already this morning on Monday here. So over 2000 flights have been canceled. Um, again, uh, they, as you point out, the uh, Southwest and uh, people have said they blamed it on weather and staffing issues. They didn't really kind of evolve or elaborate on the staffing issues, but it turns out that a week after uh, you mandate your employees, and remember, let's piggyback a little or, or back up a little bit here because uh, Joe Biden, Brandon, yep, Brandon, Joe Brian, Joe Brandon, um, <laughs> mandated that all companies with federal contracts require their employees to be ma- uh, vaccinated. So Southwest falls into that. I'm guessing all airlines fall into that. Um, but so Southwest mandated their employees uh, get vaccinated. And again, the air traffic controllers, I'm assuming, are federal employees. So maybe that's where this comes in. But apparently they walked out and mass and said, uh, figure it out on your own, Brandon. <laughs> What's your take on the uh, on the uh, the uprising in the uh, airline industry and their uh, staff basically throwing a wrench into uh all the Columbus Day holiday travels. Well, I mean, you go back even a little bit further, and uh, apparently this is all alleged, but uh, FAA workers at the Jacksonville Airport in Florida walked out on, I think, Saturday. Just literally walked out of the building, and like every single flight in and out of Jacksonville had to be canceled, or anywhere that was going near Jacksonville airspace had to be delayed or canceled because they had no aviation workers. They had no, none of them. They, they just walked out in protest of the vaccine mandate. Um, and... How much how much media coverage did that get? Uh this is it right here. Weird. Yeah. It would seem like maybe that would be a story worth talking about. And now Southwest is having the exact same thing. Like, well, it's a coincidence that it's also weather related and not at all tied to vaccine mandates that Southwest is losing so many people calling in sick and walking out that they can't run their flights. And it would be one thing if it was all anecdotal, but we have uh, court documentation that uh, Southwest Airline Pilots Association are the plaintiff in a lawsuit against Southwest Airlines as a defendant uh, for the vaccine mandate. So all these things are not coincidence. Uh, they are all part of the same, uh, I don't know, movement is the right thing, but there is a uh, something afoot here in the airline industry that I kind of like, uh, and I'm rooting for more of this kind of uh uh, uprising from the people because the people outnumber the politicians and outnumber the leadership. And if the people want something, they can get it, Make when, it they happen. Just, when they stand together. So um, these are the kind of things that need to happen for this stuff to come to an end. Uh, you know, we've said this multiple times here, the, the longer you comply, the longer they're going to keep locking you down. So eventually it's going to be mass noncompliance, which is going to end all this. And that's only going to end it for the people who think it's all silly or unnecessary, the people who want to maintain masks and social distancing, there's nothing stopping you from doing that, folks. Continue to do it. Go get your vaccine, wear your mask in your car, and, you know, whatever. So, And if you grow a third arm after your sixth booster, just, you if know, you're scared, deal with it. If you're scared, then you shouldn't be out in a mask. You shouldn't be out anywhere if you're scared, right? So, And if you believe somehow your mask doesn't protect you because the droplets are too small but stops you from spreading it because, miraculously, the droplets are not too small when going out... You, you might want to like revisit a science book or, you know, common sense. 
Because it would seem that that doesn't make any sense. And as far as these cancellations, I am sorry for all the people that had their travel interrupted. It is a terrible feeling. I get it. I've I've been there. And I'm I'm sorry for all the people that had to deal with that and and whatever else. But I still stand with them. Like, I'm not... I am firmly anti-vaccine mandate. I am not yeah. anti-vaccine in general, but I am firmly man. I'm firmly opposed to any mandates or you're telling people. And it, it also comes down to me because of the lies. And apparently some judge just ruled that you, you couldn't get a, I have acquired immunity exemption. They are still going to mandate you get vaccinated. That's crazy talk. Like if the name of the game is safety, if the name of the game is public health, this doesn't make sense. You have to stop treating vaccine immunity like it is in any shape, way, or form superior to natural immunity. It's not close. It's not even in the same ball field. It's insanity. Like, this is control, pure and simple. This is conformity. Otherwise, you would count those people. There's just no reason not to. And the other reason I will always maintain that mask rules in particular make no sense is because it relies on asymptomatic spread to be highly prevalent or at least mildly prevalent not the 0.3 to 0.6 percent something other than non-existent like like virtually non-existent statistical rounding error is where we're at right now but we pretend like it's not so you're mandating a vaccine for anybody if you're under the age of 60 and not obese why like you are already at a statistical insignificant risk of dying of covid yes you can spread it Yes, if you get sick, you should stay home. And yes, it's go, you're going to get sick. Like, you get the flu. It's bad. It hurts. Yeah, sure. But you can't mandate a vaccine. You can't mandate it. If the only benefit you can tell me is that I have a reduced risk of being hospitalized or dying. I don't have any reduced impact on spread. Nothing like that. But I, I'm telling you, my risk of getting hospitalized or dying of COVID, it, let's say I didn't get COVID last year, but I, I just didn't have anything and I hadn't gotten it yet. My risk of getting very sick or dying is literally 0.0001%. If you cut that in half, that doesn't mean anything. It is statistically insignificant. So you want me to put this thing in my body, force me to put this thing in my body when it's literally going to do me no good. None, because I am already at such a lower. Now, factor in the fact that I did have COVID, I had a mild case, I recovered miraculously. Now, I'm taking something that is already a statistical 0% chance of me getting it again, and now I'm going to get the vaccine? You're going to mandate it? Why? Now my risk is literally zero. And if anything, the vaccine is going to get me at an increased risk of having asymptomatic spread if I do get it again. Um, I'm out. Yeah. Bye, guys. This has been fun. It's been real. But I'm done. See ya. And this is the problem when the government keeps lying. This is the problem when your public health officials keep lying to you about why things are happening and what is happening. Is it does call you should not trust these people anymore. There is no good reason to trust Dr. Fauci or Dr. Walensky. Zero. They have shown nothing but willingness to lie for the benefit of the pharmaceutical companies that sponsor and fund most of their stuff and that they in turn fund their research. Sorry, they don't care about you. I wish it was different, but they don't. There's no evidence to indicate they do, because if they did, we would have been talking about hydroxychloroquine, we would have been talking about ivermectin, we would have been talking about vitamin D, we would have been talking about the importance of exercise, sunlight, and getting outside. We would have acknowledged asymptomatic spread as virtually non-existent, but if you're at all sick, you should absolutely stay home. And if you're around somebody who is sick, you should probably quarantine yourself for a couple of days just to make sure you don't develop symptoms. That could have been the extent of what we did. Instead... We rushed through the approval process of a mRNA vaccine so that you're running animal trials simultaneous with human trials. 
and you don't have long-term safety trials, even initial ones completed until the end of 2022, but you authorized and approved fully this vaccine for anybody over the age of 16. At 16, you are at literal 0% risk of COVID-19 killing you. Unless you have a super significant comorbidity or health or health issue, zero. And you approved this on the notion that the risk is outweighed by the benefit. Well, the benefit is zero and the risk is not zero. So somebody help me understand how this works. Yeah. Well, like I said, I hope that this is the beginning of other similar type uh, rebellions, uprisings, uh, stands, if you will, uh, because this, this is how it ends. And like I said, I, you know, hopefully this uh, uh, disruption, it's going to be felt, right? I mean, especially if this is going to linger for a couple of days here, even longer. I mean, that's going to be a problem quickly. So um, I'm guessing that these pilots and air traffic controllers know the power that they wield and be like, you know what? We can shut this whole shit down in a second. And they've mm-hmm. basically done it. So... And I hope other airlines follow suit. Yeah, like I said, I hope uh, I hope these uh, employees kind of uh, uh, I don't know what they call it there in uh, the Iraqi Spring, or the Arab Spring, the uprising. Remember back in the day when that guy lit himself on fire? Yeah, and then all shit broke down and across the Middle East. Well, hopefully this is kind of a bigger deal for our country, and uh, maybe that spreads to other countries too, because I think uh, we're kind of leading the way in a lot of this here. Not maybe we haven't reached the levels of say Australia, but I feel like uh, if we, if our leadership thought we could get there quickly, they would do it. So, We'd already be there if they yeah. thought they could do so, it. They'll take as much as they can and they will give nothing back. Yeah. That's the reality. You have to take it back. Otherwise this is nothing but beneficial for them. They get to satisfy their ridiculous egos and hero complex. They don't have to admit they got it terribly, terribly wrong from the get go. And they would have to now face zero accountability as long as they can find it out. But in reality, they got it very wrong on every level. And the number of people that got rich from this is sickening. Yeah, really rich. So, all right. Well, like I said, hopefully we're reporting on more rebellions next week. Uh, Mr. Hughesong, anything you would like to uh, leave the folks with uh, before next weekend we touch base on your life? (laughs) I'll try to have more exciting weekends this year. That's all I got. All right. Well, on that note, again, please be sure to like and share uh, this video and subscribe to our channel. Hit that notification bell when you want to be uh, uh, alerted to new content and uh, give us a review on one of those podcast uh, platforms that you're looking to. And uh, until next Monday, we will uh, see you then.